So <clears throat> today, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a carrot? Or perhaps you are an egg? Or maybe, just maybe, you are some coffee beans. <laughs> so the story is told um, that a young mother went to her mother and, you know, she wanted to ask her about life. And she said, you know, everything is so horrible. I'm tired of struggling. I, I have one problem solved and then another happens. Not that that ever happens to any of us. And her mother took her to the kitchen and she filled three pots in water. In the first pot, she placed some carrots. In the second pot, she placed some eggs. And in the last pot, she placed some ground coffee beans. And then she let them sit and boil for about 20 minutes without ever saying a word. And then she came back and turned off the burners. And she fished the carrots out, placed them in a bowl, took the eggs out, put those in a bowl, and ladled the coffee out and put that into a bowl. And then turning to her daughter, she said, tell me what you see. And the daughter said, well, carrots, eggs, and coffee. And then she brought her closer and asked her to fill the carrots. And she did, and she noted that they were all soft. And then she asked her to take an egg and to break it. And after pulling off the shell, she observed that it was a hard-boiled egg. And then finally, she asked her to sip the coffee. And the daughter smiled as she tasted its rich aroma. And the daughter then asked, well, Mom, what, what's the point of all this? Her mother explained that each of these objects had faced the same adversity, the boiling water. But each had reacted differently. The carrot went in very strong, hard, and unfreeliving, and linting, but being subject to the boiling water, it softened and became weak. The egg had been fragile, and its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior. But after being in the boiling water, its inside became hardened. The ground coffee beans, however, were unique. After they were in the boiling water, they changed the water. And then the mother said, which are you? When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? And if you think that you're a carrot that seems strong with, but with pain and adversity, do you wilt and become soft and lose that strength? Or perhaps you're an egg that starts with a malleable heart but changes with the heat. You might have a fluid spirit, but after some sort of hardship, maybe a financial hardship or something else, 
you become hardened and stiff. And the shell might look the same, but on the inside you're bitter and tough with a stiff spirit and a hardened heart. Or you like the coffee bean that changes the hot water, the very circumstance that brought the pain. And when the water gets hot, it releases the fragrance and flavor. If you are like the bean, when things are at their worst, you get better, and you change the situation around you. When the hours are the darkest and trials are the greatest, you elevate to another level. And so, in our life, are we like a carrot, are we like an egg, or are we like a coffee bean? We may not always realize that life's limitations can sometimes inspire us to strive for heights we may not have reached otherwise. And the truth is, some of our most successful people in the world have overcome tremendous obstacles in order to reach their goals. Such was the case of this person. She was born to a single teenage mother on a welfare farm in rural Mississippi, She felt unwanted and was shutted back and forth to her grandmother, to her mother, and then to her father by the time that she was 14. She lived in poverty, suffered abuse. She was lonely most of the time. But her grandmother taught her to read. And as she recalls the positive reception she received when she recited Bible verses at her grandmother's church. At 14, she moved in with her father, and her father made education a high priority. She began attending Nashville High School, where she public speaking and drama, and was even elected as school president. She received a full scholarship to Tennessee State University, and before long, she had a few broadcasting jobs. And then she was named the talk show host for a morning show called People Are Talking And from there, she took a job as a host of AM Chicago, which became the highest-rated talk show in Chicago. And, of course, her name was Oprah Winfrey. Now, I looked at Oprah. She developed several characteristics as a result of living through her adversity. As she says, my story just helped define and shape me, as does everybody's story. And here are some of the lessons I think as Oprah recalls, that she learned through her life's adversity. Developing a sense of resilience. Oprah is not the first or the last child that has had to deal with abuse or poverty or neglect. But what she learned is that when you step into a situation, you can figure out what you need to do and then handle what is thrown at you with a sense of confidence. Thinking positively is one of the things that Oprah has been a strong component of. And as she states, the greatest discovery of all time is that a person can change his future by merely changing his attitude. Now, Abraham Lincoln once said, most folks are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. Learning empathy was another lesson that Oprah taught us, and taking advantage of opportunity. As has been true with so many who have learned to overcome major obstacles, Oprah found a way to not overcome her childhood, but to rise up. 
She states in her, to her viewers of her network, Tune your, turn your wounds into wisdom. So when I think of overcoming adversity, I'm reminded of my grandfather and how after my grandmother died at the age of 12, he and I became best friends. One summer, I visited him up at his summer home up in Wisconsin, and he took me out on his boat, and he visited with me, and then he shared something with me that was one of those moments in my life that has stayed with me and has been really a powerful source. And he asked me the question. He said, Dave, what does it mean to be resilient? Now, I still remember as a 12-year-old thinking, well, what? I don't know. What are you asking me this question for? You know, resilient, that doesn't really mean anything to me. But he paused, and then he said, I'm going to tell you that resilience is what gives people strength to cope with stress and with hardship. And he said, resilience is what you will need in times of need that will help to carry you through, will help you to handle adversity. And then he gave me a list, which I still carry with me this day, of his five virtues that he said would help me to build resilience. Pump up your positivity. My grandfather said to me that he believed that the resilient people are characterized by an ability to experience both negative and positive emotions, even in difficult, painful situations. He went further further on to say they mourn their losses and endure their frustrations, but they also find redeeming value in their challenges. Learn to live. My grandfather told me the more that I can leverage challenges as opportunities to grow, the more resilient I will likely be. He told me that pain comes to all in life, and what I need to learn is to look at the problem and say, what's the solution to that? What is this trying to teach me? Number three, open your heart. My grandfather lived a life of service and said that he had learned that being service of the others was one of the most powerful ways of stroking resilience. He said that acts of kindness have had a, had had a cumulative effect in his life, and in those times of difficulty, it was this well of resiliency of giving to others that he could draw upon. Number four, take care of yourself. He stressed that good health, daily habits, sleep well. And if doing all that, you'd be less fragile and less likely to fall into unhealthy habits. And the fifth one, hang on to humor. Laughing in the face of adversity, he said, can be a painful, pain-relieving for both the body and the mind. The person who says with the situation creates an inner feeling of, I am bigger than it, and I won't let it scare me. There have been many times in my life when I have reminded of these five virtues, 
I remember the very first time was when I was 17 and my father had passed away. And I felt very much alone. And it was the virtue of hanging on to humor that helped me the most at that particular time. I remember sitting with my mom and my twin sister about three months after my father's passing, and we just started laughing about all of the crazy things that my father had done. And as we shared memories, our laughter increased, and for one evening, the pain didn't seem so hard. Many years later, when my twin sister was killed in an automobile accident, and I learned to live with the virtue that continues to give me the most comfort. For you see, I had lost a part of me that day, and the pain and hurt at times has still been unstoppable. But it was the words, learn to live, that has given me the comfort as I realized that my sister would want me to keep on going. The most recent time was coming here and serving all of you as your interim minister. The value of take care of yourself has helped me the most in dealing with the challenges of living away from my partner, setting up a home in a new place, and learning how to minister to all of you. I have so enjoyed this experience of being your interim minister, and you have taught me so much about myself and what it means to be a better person. Many times over these past few months, I have looked for ways to be resilient, and you have helped me, and helped me to stay focused and true to this calling as your interim minister. So what about all of you? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? I would say as I think about this congregation, I see you as a bunch of coffee beans. (laughs) The past year, we've journeyed together. We've had moments of frustration, and we've had moments of pain, and moments of despair, and moments of disagreement. But as we have worked together, and listen to each other. We have grown. And your resilience has been amazing. In times of disagreement with the ministers, you continue to show up to share your opinions and your frustrations. And together we listened, and as a congregation, we learned how to accept new ways of thinking and being. I thank you for that. This gift of showing up and being present for one another and listening to each other has helped us to grow as a congregation and to be more resilient. The importance of resilience. You know, how many of you have ever felt overwhelmed and unable to manage the high expectations of your daily lives? As a result, you find yourself constantly multitasking chronically distracted, pulled in many different directions. And in my experience, the journey of life is paved with a lot of failure. 
It's a normal part of life. You cannot build resistance unless you're willing to fail. Research shows that when you try, fail, try something else, fail, and try again, and ultimately succeed, you get the momentum you need when adversity hits you like a ton of bricks. Failure is merely a stepping stone which everyone goes through on their path to greatness. You've got to ask yourself, are you willing to take bold risk in order to become the person you've always desired to be? If you don't try, you'll never know. You will not build resistance by hanging out in your comfort zone. The only way to truly grow and expand yourself is to break free from the chains of stability and dive into the unknown. Yes, this can be very scary at first, and it will require that you do some deep inner work, like shifting your limiting beliefs, breaking bad habits, learning how to make friends, and learning how to deal with stress. But let's face it. Nobody is excited to face their stuff. It's an integral step on the road to becoming a resilient person. When you tap into your resilience and unleash your inner power, there is no challenge that you cannot conquer. The next time life throws you a curveball, trust that you are strong enough to stay in the game. Adversity may bend you, but don't let it break you. All that matters are that you get back up again and keep moving forward. In the words of a famous Japanese proverb, fall seven times, stand up eight. To make it through the tough times takes resilience. So how can we, as you use in this congregation, build resilience in our lives? Here are three suggestions that I have tried. One, reframe your thoughts. Resilient people can look at negative situations realistically. Instead of viewing adversely and insurmountable, focus on looking for small ways that you can tackle the problem and make changes. Focus on the positive instead of the negative. Two, seek support. Having people you can trust and confide in is an important part of building resilience. Talking about the difficulties you are coping with doesn't make them go away, but sharing with a friend or a loved one can make you feel like you have someone in your corner. And discussing things with other people can also help you gain insight or even new ideas that might help you better manage the challenges you're dealing with. Focus on what you can control. When faced with a crisis or problem, it can be easy to get overwhelmed. Instead of wishing there was some way you could go back in time or change things, even when the situation seems dire, take realistic steps to help improve the situation. You can improve your sense of control and resilience. Now, as you came in this day... Each of you were offered a coffee bean. And I'm admonishing you to take that bean home with you. Let it serve as a reminder of the importance of having resilience in your life. And may the bean represent the resilience that is a part of you 
and is that is a part of this congregation, this community. May you celebrate your resilience in the life that you live. And may each of you continue to harbor resilience in your lives. That is my wish for you. May it be so. Amen.